All right, everybody, welcome to episode 76 of the Scarlet Faithful Podcast. I am your host and co-founder, Aaron Reitman, back for the third week of daily podcasts. And what a second week it was, uh, just in terms of the news cycle. Obviously, with Friday, Cam Spencer unexpectedly leaving Rutgers men's basketball. Uh, I was one of the first to report uh, that that was the case on Friday morning. I posted a rapid reaction to it. And wanted this episode on Monday, May 22nd, just to touch on that a little bit, uh, as well as uh, where things are. Uh, well, I guess the approach that Steve Peichel now, the focus on him in terms of how he responds to this, both in the short term and the long term. First, I wanted to say the reactions, conspiracy theories. Well, the reactions, you know, obviously some normal ones in terms of uh, massive disappointment. Uh, people, fans recognize what a big loss this is for the team. Also, some reasonable reactions in terms of which I have also reiterated uh, that Cam, you know, has the right uh, to earn uh, whatever income for, from name, image, and likeness that he can. Uh, and, um, I wouldn't, uh, fault. I said, you know, don't hate the player, hate the game and talked about the system on Friday a little bit and the flaws within it, within the NCAA, uh, and how for years and years and years, NCAA universities, everyone's profited massively. And now student athletes, uh, I do think there's a misconception that, you know, a Cam Spencer type situation is normal. It's still not normal. There's still, and if we're talking about all student athletes, there's still so many that don't make much from NIL at all. So the whole, you know, argument that people make, oh, they shouldn't be on scholarship anymore. They make NIL, uh, that, you know, that that's, it's not a like for like scenario for every sport. Um, you know, the cream of the cream, uh, or I don't know if I said that right, but, um, the top of the list in terms of the best players, especially in football and, and baseball, you know, even some women's basketball wrestling, they're making, you know, significant NIL, but most, I don't know what the percentage would be, but it can't be much. I would, I don't want to throw a percentage out there, but it's not, it's, it's a strong minority that are making serious money in NIL. Most of the student athletes across the board are not. So it's a terrible argument. That was one take that I uh, did not like. Uh, but in terms of Cam specifically, you know, there was, uh, I saw by a lot of people talking about, you know, it was probably because of the roster, you know, uh, bringing in Noah Fernandes and um, people even cited the 24 recruiting class, which makes no sense because Cam has one year left. The, the class won't even be on campus until he's already, or would have been gone after one year. Uh, but this is the bottom line. First of all, Good to great players never fear competition. So no good player, especially someone that's already been a starter, already uh, was uh, tied for uh, the highest scoring average on the team last year. They're not going to worry about losing their job. Secondly, it was very clear that Peichel and Rutgers, the coaching staff, was building around Cam Spencer, the way they added Fernandes, a creator, which I touched on on Friday. Uh, you bring in Gavin Griffiths, another shooter. So now Cam is harder for opponents to focus on. That's a good thing for Cam. So to say that the you know the way the roster was being constructed, Cam probably didn't like that and left. First of all, it doesn't make sense. But but the last point I wanted to make is that I I, I can as I've reported from the beginning, and if you read my article on Friday, my rapid reaction, I was very clear that NIL 
wasn't a motivating factor. It was the motivating factor in this decision. It was a financial related decision. Now, I don't know where he's going to end up. Now there's all kinds of reports about bidding wars breaking out. Who knows what happens? But the bottom line is it was a financial decision. And that decision is his reason for leaving Rutgers. So I can't speak to the details. I can't speak, you know, counter offers, things like that was not a lot. I know Geo Baker tweeted this week that a weekend that uh, he didn't even give Rutgers an opportunity. I don't know if that's true. I do know that there's a lot of misinformation out there in general. Uh, and there has been a lot this off season on a lot of things, but in terms of the cam situation, all I know is with, 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 confident certainty that he left for financial reasons now where he ends up what those you know numbers are being discussed promised will end up being i don't know um but yes tampering is an issue and i harped on that a little bit on friday as well uh and that that is definitely the case and that's what's happening across the board and Rutgers has been dealing with it all off season and i'm uh don't want to sound the alarm bells but you know, the fact that Rutgers only lost one player in the portal due to this type of tampering, I actually think you have to credit Steve Peichel for that. I mean, that's actually a good thing. You know, we know about the Moat Mag rumors. Uh, I don't think that that was the only one. I think you know, Rutgers has had dealt with tampering up and across uh, down the roster. So uh, well, I don't think it, I, you know, I, it's, it's what I'm hearing. So and even Mike Broadbent, who was on my spaces uh, with my partner, Ant Wright, on Friday, discussing everything, you know, he, he said he's heard the same thing. So uh, it's it's a system-wide problem. Um, and Rutgers is obviously dealing with it pretty significantly. Uh, and Spencer was the uh, result of Friday in terms of leaving. And we'll see what happens. But um, conspiracy theories, you know, thoughts that they're trying to find some other reason other than, hey, you know, in life, a lot of decisions are made based on money. So why is it so hard to think that this isn't the case here, especially with NIL the way it is nowadays? I talked about, you know, his value automatically going up after that transfer deadline passed for undergrads to be eligible for next year. He's a grad transfer. He's eligible at any time. And within that week, all of a sudden he's in the transfer portal. So I don't think that that's a coincidence. His value skyrocketed uh, as um, one of the few players available that could still enter the portal. 43% uh, three-point shooter from the big in the Big Ten. Uh, he's a hot commodity, and he's, he's cashing in. And, uh, again, I'm not going to trash him for that. Uh, he has to do what's best for him and his family. The timing stinks. The timing's awful. And that kind of leads to my greater point about Steve Peichel, uh, just in terms of how he, the position he's in now, right? So I wrote on, on Saturday just about his to-do list and how it keeps growing, you know, and someone even wrote to me, that's his job. And yes, that's his job. That's why he gets paid the big bucks. But there are a lot of things on his plate right now. You know, the assistant coaching hire, the staffing position, uh, already uh, needing to find uh, a big in the portal. Now you have to find a guard in the portal. You're still waiting on Cliff and Paul. Uh, you have uh, a lot of de player development is huge this offseason with so many key young players, Antonio Choll, Antoine Wolfolk, Derek Simpson. You have Joe Michael Davis coming in, who, by the way, uh, is going to have more opportunity now too. And who knows, but he's a super athletic, uh, fast-paced point guard. 
um, more in the inkling of uh, Simpson and Fernandez. So this breeds opportunity for everyone that's still on the roster, including Gavin Griffiths, who I touched on on Friday. But he's going to have an opportunity to play more now. And I've said for a while, I think that competition on this team is really important. I know it sounds basic, but this ties to Peichel's development, right? In terms of his kind of philosophy and his evolution as a coach is that, and part of it wasn't even really, it was just a natural byproduct, right? Of having four to five year guys like Geo Baker, uh, Caleb McConnell, Ron Harper Jr. Miles Johnson was here for a long time, you know, uh, guys that kind of had set roles in terms of you knew they were going to be in that starting lineup. You knew they were going to play 30 plus minutes when you have less certainty on the roster and there's less guarantees per se of who kind of the starting five is and all that you create more competition. And that in my opinion is a very good thing. And you have some, you have a lot of newcomers that are going to be on this roster this year. And that is going to increase the competition, you know, even, um, if Paul and Cliff do come back, yes, those are two rocks. Those are two staples, but you know, Andre Hyatt, Fernandes, Gavin Griffiths, Derek Simpson, Wolf, you know, all these guys are going to play. All these guys can potentially play big minutes, but they're all going to be, everyone's going to be competing and it's going to be a great thing. And then whatever other transfers come in, um, I think this is a real positive. And I think that Steve Peichel's willingness, you know, he, he's obviously set in his ways on a lot of things, but I do think he's proven that he can adapt and change as well. You know, just in terms of the roster, you know, he's been, he was effective in the transfer portal before the transfer portal was really a thing. Remember when he, out of nowhere, he got Jacob Young. That came out of nowhere. You know, he was, uh, I, I went through the best transfers at Rutgers recently on a podcast. I mean, a quasi Yaboa. You know, he's got connections everywhere. And Cam Spencer is a tremendous find. Noah Fernandes, the fact that he got Noah Fernandes when he did this offseason makes the news of Cam Spencer, it's 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 terrible. It stinks, right? But it's easier to process. And they're better on paper uh, with him uh, on the roster. And he's going to offer them a lot. And now he's going to have more opportunity. So Michael has proven... Although, you know, he, we know he prefers high school players to develop throughout their careers on a team. He has maybe embraced the transfer portal is the wrong word, but he has been effective in landing transfers that fit the program and our contributors. And that is an adjustment that he's made. And there's no reason to believe that he's not going to do that again. And it's going to have two open spots, potentially more if Cliff and Paul don't return. Obviously, if Cliff leaves, that's a huge void. Um, Paul's even more important. I wrote about that this weekend as well. So um, we'll see what happens. But there should be total confidence in him and the coaching staff, Brandon Knight, TJ Thompson, whoever that third assistant is. But TJ Thompson, Brandon Knight, Michael have proven they know how to recruit. They know how to find guys out of the portal. Look at how he's been recruiting lately. He's, you know, I wrote soon after the season, this whole 65 speed limit thing, you know, has to because they didn't beat one high major when they allowed more than 65 points in a game last year. Look at how he's recruiting. He's recruiting more offensive-minded players. Gavin Griffiths is an offensive first guy. Not that he can't play good defense, not that he won't evolve into a very good defensive player, but he is an elite shooter. 
Uh, Cam Spencer was, although a good defender, an elite shooter. Noah Fernandez can defend. I think he's going to be better than people expect, but he's an offensive first player. Look at the 2024 class. He's Bailey. He's a two-way player, but incredibly skilled on the offensive end. Delquan Warren is kind of a defensive first point guard, but he's got uh, he's shooting 58% from two-point range in the EYBL. You know, uh, Lathan Somerville is a really skilled offensive big in the class of 2024. Dylan Harper, if Rutgers is able to land him, I mean, he is a tremendous talent, um, obviously can defend and will defend. And I think that it's not that Peichel is going to let that identity go by the wayside, but he is evolving in the sense of he understands that he needs he needs offense. And he's getting really skilled offensive players that I think he believes will be able to adapt and buy into his defensive uh, philosophies and the team's and the program's defensive identity. So he is showing us that he, you know, and, and he came to Rutgers and he built Rutgers up from the ground up in ways that nobody thought was possible. Not just that he turned Rutgers into a winner. He did it without landing big fish. He developed players and people never really thought that that was possible to do at Rutgers. If you're going to win, you know, I'm sure this has been said out loud or maybe I shouldn't say it out loud, but I'm sure people thought the only way Rutgers uh, would ever get good is if they started just, you know, landing top recruits, probably paying recruits right before even NIL and getting them there. And that's the only way they were going to win. And he obviously did it the right way. He developed players and he believed in players. They believed in him and he made Rutgers into a winner doing it his own way. And he's proven time and time again. Yes. The end of last season did not end well. Uh, but the Moat Mag injury obviously was a problem. Did he adapt or change kind of the way the team was playing soon enough? I think you could fairly say in hindsight, probably not. Would it have worked long-term if they switched earlier on, if Derek Simpson played a more prominent role earlier? Maybe. Maybe they would have made the tournament. If they just beat Minnesota, they probably make the tournament, having to do with nothing else. So my point is, through all the last few days, how crazy it's been. I know there's long-term NIL concerns. That's a complicated conversation, which I will have soon, but really not ready to have it yet because there is a lot of unknowns, and I don't want to just speculate. I know there's a lot of speculation out there um, in terms of how much money Rutgers has, collectives. You know, um, I do think that the program, although they lost out on Cam Spencer here, is in better shape uh, than people think, but I think it's complicated, and I think the whole NIL situation is complicated. So that's for another day. But for today, my point is believe in Steve Peichel. He's going to figure this out. I think Rutgers is still going to be a winning program. I think there's still going to be a winning program this year. I'm excited to see who's going to get in the portal. I'm excited to see how he kind of reinvents things a little bit in the offseason when he has proper time to do it. They have the trip overseas. He's going to have time to work with his, develop the roster, develop his rotations, test them out overseas. I think it's all kind of a blessing and i like the idea of listen maybe they might be a much more up-tempo team next year they very well could be with fernandes um gavin can run uh jamichael davis can run who else he gets in the portal this might be a more up-tempo style than we're used to a more up-tempo offensive style with a team that's still gonna be bought in defensively that excites me so let's see what happens uh a lot of time left these next four to six weeks are crucial but I'm excited about it because I believe in Steve Peichel and I hope that most fans, I know not all fans, so I won't ask for a miracle, but I think you should too. Thank you for listening and I'll see you tomorrow.